You're tuned in to the Event Gems Podcast, the podcast where coaches, consultants, and speakers learn how to produce transformational and profitable events. I'm your host, Natasha Wright, Chief Experience Curator at The Diamond Butterfly. Join me and other industry experts as we teach you how to maximize the power of your next brand building event. Time to drop those gems. Let's fly. When producing a virtual event, I would say engagement is key here. So with the conference, it's the one show. With the virtual events, it is engagement. Engagement is the name of the game. You're tuned in to the Event Gems Podcast. Hey, Trailblazers. Welcome to another episode of Event Gems. Today, we're going to be talking about different types of events that you can host for your business. So if you're new to the podcast or if you've been a longtime listener, then you know I'm always talking about how events can be a great opportunity to build brand authority, build relationships, market your business, and create a pipeline for new potential clients. When done right, that is incorporating an amazing experience. The event has the power to create a lasting and powerful impression for what your business has to offer. When people have a high touch experience with your brand, where they feel like they have fun, they get value, they can connect. On the flip side of that, you get to create buzz, build authority, and unclog your pipeline. So can we just say, Unclog your pipeline, unclog your pipeline. So the first event I did under the Diamond Butterfly brand was called Spirit of a Woman. And that event was in 2015. And to this day, I still have relationships with the speakers that were part of that event. I'm still friends with some of those speakers. I have relationships with some of the attendees. I'm still friends with some of them. And they have referred clients to me or have sponsored events that I have been a part of or produced in the past. So do not discount the power of relationships. Yes, we all want to profit from events, but sometimes it's really about the relationships that we build through events and how those relationships can support us over the course of our business career. As a business owner, you've probably attended many events yourself, from trade shows to conferences to webinars to summits, and certainly you've seen the benefits of these types of events. These events can be the lab where we really get to network and sharpen our industry skills. So keep this in mind when you're hosting your own event. Is this an event that you would attend? Is this an event that you would get value from? So if you're unclear about the type of event you want to host, or maybe you're a new business owner or you've never hosted an event before, then this is the podcast episode for you. And I am on a lot of people's lists. And one of the things that I've noticed is that 2023 is the year that a lot of people are hosting their very first event. So I think that it is the ripe time, considering that we've been in lockdown and experiencing the pandemic for the past like two and a half, three years. Now is the time that people are wanting to get out. They're wanting to connect. They're wanting to build community and build relationships because we've been you know, primarily operating online for however long. So 
I'm going to go over some of the most common types of business events in hopes that maybe it might spark an idea for you about a particular type of event that you might want to implement for yourself. Now, you're going to do what works best for your audience and what serves your business goals. So if you listen to the previous podcast episode that I did with Tanya Harrison, we talked about uh, setting your growth goal and then thinking about how events can be a part of your strategic plan or be implemented within your business model so that it supports your growth goal. So if you haven't listened to that episode, you want to go back and go check that out. Now, remember... The key to a successful event is planning. (laughs) Yes, I know it sounds counterintuitive to mention that, but events are a lot of work and can be expensive. So you want to make sure that you're reaping all the benefits that can come from proper planning. So let's get into it. The first event I'm going to talk about, and typically this isn't an event that people don't talk about a lot especially when you're talking about business-related events, is appreciation or client events. This is an event where you show your appreciation for your current clients. You're planning this event to make your customers or your clients feel seen, honored, and recognized. And this will continue to have a positive effect on your business. This event is especially great for people who are online business owners. Maybe you have a group coaching program or a membership and every facet of your business is virtual or online. Then this is a great way for you to now connect with people IRL in real life, connect with them, build that community One of the trends that we're going to see for 2023 is community building. People are coming out of this long stretch of being inside and doing a lot of things virtually. They're going to want to connect more and build more relationships and build community. So this might be a really good type of event for you to host. Now, this event isn't necessarily about client acquisition as it is about client retention, which can lead to client acquisition, right? This will help with garnering positive referrals and sales because you went the extra mile to show that you cared. So you can even think about maybe adding a charitable component to this so you could raise money for a good cause within your local area. And this will allow your clients to see what you care about and the areas that you want to impact. Sounds good? All right. So let's move on to our next event, which is launch events. So launch events are great because you get a chance to really generate media coverage and buzz in your industry prior to your product or service release. These events may include a flashy introduction to the product or service and has more of a promotional feel to it. So think about this as really being like an open house where people can come in and test drive the new product or service before it's offered to the general public. And one of the launches that I really love is Pinky Cole's book launch. She is the owner of Slutty Vegan, and she did her book launch. And what I especially liked about what she did was that her branding was omnipresent, even down to the details in her outfits. This is a great model to follow, even on a smaller scale, is to infuse the launch with your branding and look for collaborators that might be able to help you with offsetting the cost. Also think about inviting influencers in your industry or your community as well. Add some glitz, some glam, and make it festive. Make it about the thing. 
the thing is the star of the show. So you're going to make it about the thing. Apple and Tesla are two companies that have perfected this model of making a statement with their launches. If you haven't watched one of their launches before, then I suggest you go ahead and check it out on Google. So launch events are an effective way to get your current and prospective clients engaged in and excited about an upcoming product or service. And you can even offer a promotional code or a bonus just for those people who were in attendance. The next one we're going to talk about is seminars and workshops. So let's start out with seminars first. A seminar is typically a half day or a full day where you might have one or more subject matter experts on a particular topic or technique or practice, right? So for business owners or companies, they would host a seminar maybe on email marketing for small businesses, right? And they're going to teach attendees the strategies for segmenting their audience or how to convert leads through email marketing. Or it might be a personal development workshop or seminar. And in this seminar, they're going to be focused more heavily on how to help the attendees really better themselves by teaching them skills such as leadership or organization. And this is going to help attendees maybe advance in their career or business. So with the workshop and the seminars, it's usually smaller. So it might be like a 10 to 50 people and it focuses in going more in depth on that one or two main subject. With the workshop, it might be a little bit different from a seminar in that it's usually more hands-on and involves more interactive exercises, questionnaires, group discussions to really help attendees learn the particular skill or technique that's being taught. So hosting these types of events can be an effective way to show your business knowledge to others and to establish yourself as a trusted industry expert. And these can be done online or in person. The next event we're going to talk about is conferences. So typically when we think about business events, you what might come to mind at first is a conference. This type of event is usually a larger scale, requires a larger budget, and has several features, right? So it might have several different experts or speakers who are educating attendees on a relevant industry topic, right? So you can host a one-day conference or a two-day two conference or a three-day conference. And with regards to two or three days, I don't have any experience with a two-day conference, so I can't speak to whether it's better to do a two-day versus a three-day. However, I was listening to an episode of a podcast recently with, and Neil Davis was on, and he said something. He said, immersion equals conversion. And when he said that, that really stuck with me because essentially what he was saying is the longer people are with you and in that space and in that community and the longer they get to experience you, the more likely or the higher probability it is for them to convert. So if you're thinking about a two between a two day or a three day immersion equals conversion. So that might be something that you want to think about. But again, as always, do what works best for you. Typically with these conferences, you might have 
multiple sessions. You might start out with a keynote speaker and then you have out rooms or breakout sessions based on, you know, a specific topic. The key to having a great conference experience is the run of show. You want to make sure that the content flows well and the attendees know where they're going and what they're doing at what time. So that's really the key to this. It's a big production and you want to ensure that the attendees have an amazing experience and they know when those breakout sessions are or they know when those breaks are and they know which room the session is in, right? So you want to make sure that this is easily accessible, not only to the attendees, but also to all your team members and that you're breaking out all of the different um, points within your run a show and that content and information really flows well. Next one we're going to talk about is virtual events and summits. So as a result of COVID, we are all now familiar with virtual events, online events, if you weren't necessarily familiar with them before or even participated in them before. You now know about what these things are all about, right? These are the types of events that people can do from their home, their offices. It's online. It's really allowing the attendees to have that interactive and educational opportunity so that they can network in this virtual space. When producing a virtual event, I would say engagement is key here. So with the conference, it's to run a show. With the virtual events, it is engagement. Engagement is the name of the game. And so whenever my team and I, whenever produce a virtual event, we're always thinking about how can we get as close to the engagement that you might get in person or just as engaging as you would have experienced in person, right? And sometimes you might need to try out different platforms, right? You might need to go to a platform that offers greater capabilities than what Zoom has to offer. Although I will say I recently logged into Zoom and it seems like they have upped the game on some of the integrations and apps that they now have available. And so I haven't gotten a chance to fully check those out yet, but I'm looking forward to checking them out and reporting back and letting you know my thoughts on that. So like I said, don't be afraid to check out different virtual event management platforms. But if you're going to use a platform outside of Zoom, be prepared to over communicate on the usage so that there is no frictions when attendees are trying to log on, right? You wanna make sure that you're constantly communicating with them, letting them know how to use the platform, maybe sending a video tutorial weeks leading up to days leading up to the day of the event. So virtual events, typically you pay to get access, right? Unlike a summit where it's typically free and you get the option to upgrade to get access to the replay or different bonuses that might be included. And in a later episode, I'm going to have Krista Miller come on and she is one of the queens of virtual summits. And so she's going to do a deeper dive into how you can really maximize the power of virtual summits. I've seen summits range from one day to 10 days with a sweet spot really being about three to five. But I will say I've hosted a five-day summit and I have helped my clients produce three-day summits. And personally, I would recommend no more than three days. I feel like three days is really a good place to be. And especially with people having this fatigue of online or virtual events, it's getting harder and harder to really hold their attention for that full time period, unless it's maybe like a challenge. So it's not 
five or six hours per day, like a summit would be, but a challenge might be like an hour or hour and a half, you know, with that type of format, five days could, you know, work well. And I didn't go that deeply into challenges here, but yeah, that's also an option that you can consider. So with the summits, these are usually pre-recorded videos, the virtual events, you might have them more live. And the typical format that I've seen for summits is where they have like an interview style. So the host is interviewing the guest. And the other format is where you might have the guests present their information. And this is not as popular, but for me and my style and how I like to run my summits or virtual events, I think it's better to have the speaker present their own content just because I feel like they go deeper into the topic than if it were an interview style. But that's just my personal preference. Again, do what works best for you. The next one we're going to talk about is webinars. So a webinar can be something that you can even do weekly. Again, in this podcast episode that I was telling you about, Neil was talking about how he did a webinar, a weekly webinar for a year and a half and how that really transformed his business, not only transformed his business, but also helped him to become a better communicator. So the most common types of webinars that business owners use is a sales webinar, which is typically sort of like a workshop where you might teach the content, you provide value, and then you pitch your product, maybe which is maybe like a course or a membership towards the end of the webinar. And when running these types of webinars, just make sure that you're focusing on giving value more than the hard selling. You know, I've been on webinars before where, you know, whatever was promised that I was going to learn, I barely learned. It was like a smidgen. <laughs> it was so small with regards to the information. And I felt like the majority of the webinar was just like selling, 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 trying to get me and whomever else is on into the program. You know, sometimes people log on, they might not buy right away, you know, they might even need to attend that same webinar another time. Maybe at the time, you know, they don't have the money or they just feel like they need to wait. And, but they're still in your community. They're still on your email list. You still have the opportunity to nurture them. So just provide value and not that hard, hard sell. Get into my program. Buy this, buy that, right? All right. So now that we got that out the way, let's talk about retreats. So this might be a destination retreat or maybe it's a luxury stay retreat. I don't have much experience with this model, so I'm hoping to bring on a guest in a future episode that can talk a little bit more about this. However, from working with clients who desire to host their own retreats, one of the primary ideas behind selecting a location is somewhere that they've always wanted to go. And so somewhere that they always wanted to go, they always wanted to visit. And so now they're just kind of bringing that group along with them for the experience. How fun is that, right? So it's almost like you're designing this retreat around, you know, what your ideal life or your ideal vacation is. So other types of events that I'm going to give an honorable mention, but not go too much into detail on, is trade shows and expos. So you can consider setting up a booth at one of these industry events where your idea clients might be attending. And this is one of the things that I want to work on this year is to really just start getting back out there. So that's one of the things that I will definitely be focusing on for this year, as well as 
the next one, networking events, right? We've been inside. Now it's time for us to get outside, speaking to myself, attending networking events to really meet new professionals and build connections with people who can really help us to develop in our business. The next one I'm going to say is event sponsorships. So consider being a sponsor at an event that is aligned with where your target demographic might be. And this is an effective way for you to build brand awareness. And you might think that by sponsoring an event, you're going to have to spend a lot of money, right? That's not necessarily the case. You know, you might sponsor through in-kind. You might sponsor through your services. You might be able to have something that's customizable to you. So, you know, if you're listed on the sponsorship deck is outside of your budget, reach out to the event organizer and see if there's something that could be customized to you depending on what your deliverable will be. So as mentioned at the top of the episode, host events that work best for your business goals and the customers or clients that you serve. You might want to host an appreciation event to really connect with your people in real time, upsell existing clients, get referrals, or just reactivate previous clients. You might want to host a launch event to announce the launch of a product or service or pivot your company in some way. You might want to do a seminar or a workshop to do a deeper dive into some specific topics and get more hands-on with your clients and have them leave with a tangible plan. You might want to do a conference to expand your reach, connect with your industry thought leaders, create community, and launch an offer on the back end. Or you might want to do or do a virtual event or hybrid event to add another arm to a live event that you're hosting. You might do a summit to build your list and expand your reach. And finally, you might do a webinar to improve your confidence, build your list and launch your course or membership. The possibilities here, my friend, are endless. So if you enjoy this episode, please be sure to like, rate and subscribe. Until next time, I hope you caught these gems. Now, let's fly.